Hi, this is the Glow Your Goddess podcast, and this is Joy B. And this is James B. And we are back with our next episode. So, goddesses, today what we are going to be talking about is a mixture of some things. I wanted to shed some light on some narcissist codependent relationships, some features of them, and really at the core of it, um, some of my goddesses have been struggling a lot with feeling like they're not trusting themselves, they're not trusting their own decision making, and we've been exploring maybe what is coming about for them in their lives right now where they're feeling like they don't trust their own judgment, right? So, I think our relationships can at times pour into our narrative about whether or not we can trust ourselves. Um, We can be told by partners, by loved ones. We can be questioned, I guess, about what we're doing and how we're showing up. And when that happens enough where you are challenged enough, even if you're the most confident person, anybody who gets challenged enough is eventually going to be in a space where they start to question the way that they think. And so I want to explore that today. Is this normal in a lot of relationships to have kind of this ebb and flow of not necessarily someone being a narcissist, Mm -hmm. but people having narcissistic tendencies and stuff like that? Um, Normal is like a weird word to use (laughs) all the time, right? Because there is no normal. We all have this idea of what we think relationships are supposed to be, and none of them, first of all, are that way. Um, And every single relationship is so different. Mm -hmm. Um, But So let me rephrase that. Is it something that people experience in relationships on a regular basis? Yes. I mean, every day, right? There's so many relationships where somebody is uh, vying for some sort of control. Someone is kind of challenging their partner, questioning their partner, insulting their partner, um, tearing down their partner. But there's a reason for all of it. We don't necessarily do it just because we have fun. Um teaching other people about how they're wrong and things Mm -hmm. like that. There's always a reason for it. Uh, But yes, it is unfortunately something that is very common in relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we can look at like the technical side of it. And I guess I'll start to uncover a little of the technicalities with that in terms of like what a codependent narcissistic relationship looks like, like kind of what that tango Mm -hmm. looks like. Um, So, When you have someone who is in a relationship who either has a narcissistic personality disorder or they have just a lot of narcissistic tendencies, maybe Mm -hmm. they don't have the personality disorder, um, oftentimes they are going to thrive in relationships where they're with someone who is also a codependent or codependent relationship disorder, sorry, codependent personality disorder. Okay. Okay. Um, So both of those can be personality disorders or both of them can just have a lot of tendencies of that disorder. Mm -hmm. So what this relationship looks like is generally the narcissistic person, generally the narcissistic person is going to be the one who um, tends to want to be like almost the disciple, the one who is very charismatic, Mm. the one who is giving the ideals for the relationship for both parties to follow, right? They're kind of leading. Mm -hmm. Um, They can seem very charming in a way where they... Um, persuade you to want to follow them because they seem so confident. Why wouldn't you follow them? Right? Right. Like I want to follow you anywhere. Mm. Right. You seem so happy. You seem so put together and I'm drawn to that light of yours. And I want to do whatever it is that you are doing. Sounds like some politicians, politicians, gurus, messiahs, um, leaders. A lot Mm -hmm. of leaders can be people who are very charismatic and who 
are. Could be your pastor. It, yes, they absolutely could be for sure. Um, because it's, it's just so easy to fall into that space. If that's already um, a place that you have in your personality to have others praising you basically, or have others revering you in such a way can really inflate your sense of self um, to put you in a space of being someone who operates from a narcissistic um, right. tendency. So you can have this person who um, appears to be very confident, right? And a codependent person is not necessarily not confident, but they are more prone to be someone who finds their self-image and confidence in pleasing another, in aligning with someone. Um, but generally when you are codependent, your emotions are very much based off of other people's emotions, right? Mm -hmm. So if you get into a relationship with somebody... Um, who has a high level of emotions or a high level of clarity as to how they feel, how they think that you should feel, it's very easy for you to just hone in on that person and actually ignore everybody else's emotions in your mm -hmm. life. Um, and you just decide to focus on how to make sure that they are happy, how to make sure that they're happy with you. Right. right. Okay. Um, so you'll follow their directions. You'll follow their steps. Um, you'll take their feedback even about how you can be better because mm -hmm. you feel like they do know best. You feel like it's almost a form of them loving you, like right. grooming you, you know? Mm, okay. Um, so the problem with this, with this thing is that it's very interesting. A codependent and narcissist person are actually quite similar internally. Mm. They just look different on the outside. Now, have you ever met anybody um, that you might identify as someone who is narcissistic or met someone who you might identify as codependent? Um, I think I've met both. Okay. Um, what were things about them that you noticed that like, oh, this is, this is possibly someone who's narcissistic or this is someone who's codependent? Um, I've met someone that was narcissistic and in, in that uh, everything they do is right. Mm-hmm. And you can't convince them or say anything mm -hmm. to say otherwise. Yes. You know, and your opinion really doesn't count. Yes. And, uh, and if you want to be friends with me, you just got to lockstep. Yes. That type of thing. Yep. And, uh, and then I've met codependent people that were like the opposite almost. Mm -hmm. What do you want me to do? Where are we going today? What's going on? You know, they're just, they're waiting for you to make a decision for them mm -hmm. and they're, well, whatever you want to do, they're kind of just pleasing. They just want to, you know, oh, you like blue? Oh, I love blue. Yeah. You know, oh, you like chocolate cake? Oh, my God, I love chocolate cake. That's so good. <laughs> it's so amazing. And then, yeah, no, I think I like vanilla better. You know, me too. I think vanilla is better than, you know, and they just want to follow lockstep mm -hmm. in that narrative that you're giving them yes where the narcissist i can see where the narcissist would say i like chocolate and need that codependent to say yeah i like chocolate too exactly and then, and then they get along somehow together they, they can't actually have this validation of self without this other type of personality because if you are someone who's codependent and you're with someone who's pretty secure and who's not a narcissist who actually wants you to contribute and give ideas it might be very frustrating for the codependent person who just wants to follow mm -hmm. and you're just like no i want you to be yourself and like Ugh, why can you please just tell me who myself is right you know and so it will be frustrating for both of them so uh, a person who is a codependent actually feels a sense of more security with somebody who is more than happy mm -hmm. to tell them what to do and how to be they really want to assimilate it sounds like yeah they want direction they feel more confident in direction mm -hmm. you know um it's like a soldier 
kind of right. Like I just feel better when I know what it is that you're giving me to do. Um, I, and I, and I trust that you're not going to lead me to a place that's dangerous. So I don't have to worry about it. I just have to worry about you, but I don't have to worry about everything else. Put your mask on because I said so. Yes, (laughs) basically. (laughs) So, okay. So this is, this is an interesting, uh, interesting concept. I don't know where we might fall on that spectrum. You know, I never really think of you or myself as such, but who knows what you really think. But when you were talking about like the codependent person was like, oh, well, oh, you like chocolate cake? I like chocolate cake. Oh, you like this? I like this. Would you say that I fall anywhere in that spectrum of agreeing with everything you say? No, I'd say you're more of the other other end of the spectrum. Oh, I like chocolate oh. cake. Oh, you like chocolate cake? I don't really like that. <laughs> oh, you like blue? Mm-mm, mm-mm, purple. <laughs> Purple's got to be it for me. <laughs> oh, you want to go swimming? Eh, I hate swimming. <laughs> It's really not good. It's not what I do. It's really not what I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to go to a movie. Oh, you don't want to go to the movie? I'll just go by myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to self-identify as a narcissist at all. <laughs> I'm going to self-identify as a goddess who is pretty clear on what she likes and I don't need to comply. However, however, <laughs> compromise is possible. Yes. I think it is possible. Yes. Mm, sometimes. It is remotely possible (laughs) remotely (laughs) (laughs) so um the things about a narcissist and a codependent person that are actually similar that are internal are very interesting oftentimes um a person who is displaying these type of personalities actually have come from um, families that are dysfunctional or have Mm -hmm. experienced trauma right okay so because of this dysfunction or this trauma that is has occurred they formulated a certain type of personality or behaviors that actually help them survive whatever situation they were in right right? i was just thinking that's kind of a protection mode yes you know my parents are overbearing so i'm just going to do whatever they want me to do exactly so i don't have to be the bad kid or so i get along Mm -hmm. you know just get along that's all we want to do just get along Mm -hmm. and then you know with a with a narcissist you may have parents who one they were narcissists and that's what they showed you or two they were so controlling you never wanted to be controlled and everything had to be under your control so it's very much about control Mm -hmm. right um so we look at narcissism and we definitely pin them with this control thing all the time but what's very funny is a, a person who's codependent is also trying to control but in a way of controlling by so like killing you with kindness kind of thing right like by pleasing you so much um i will get you to i can control your love for me right Mm -hmm. i can control you not abandoning me um i can control you being present if i pretty much make myself so um needed right Mm -hmm. by you that i get to control parts of the relationship Mm -hmm. so both parties are actually seeking some form of control just in a different way right yeah okay Um, There is often like some shame and things like that that goes on in their internal narrative, like the way that they actually see themselves. Um, A narcissist, someone who actually has narcissistic personality disorder is probably the most insecure person you've ever met. Mm -hmm. You will not see that. You'll never see like a vulnerability with that. Um, You'll always see kind of like a lot of blaming that goes on, no accountability for anything, but they are actually the most insecure people, even though they may appear completely inflated and confident. I imagine prisons are full of narcissists. Uh, probably full of codependence as well, right? Like people have to survive. So you got to find like that, that yin and yang. So right. I was know. just thinking yin, 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 yin and, and yang. yang. Yes. There's probably actually more codependence 
then there are narcissists in jail, right? So you have like a few people who are pretty strong and can get a whole lot of other people to follow. Mm -hmm. um, when you think of people who are come together in packs to commit crimes to or to do things um, for a just cause, anytime you, you get people to gather and do things and think differently, generally you have to have a pretty strong, charismatic personality and people who are looking for a cause, looking for something to be attached to because mm -hmm. they are looking for value. Mm. Right. So um, you, you probably find a lot of those types of dynamics in any big areas of groups of people. Sure. Yeah. There's always going to be a natural leader and people do look towards that natural leader. Yes. And they may have some narcissistic tendencies. So they, you know, I'm going to be in a place of leadership because that's what I'm going to do. I yes. won't follow. Yeah, exactly. I will not, will not comply. And so if I'm going to be in this group, give me a week, I'm going to run the place. <laughs> exactly. So one of the things that I think is interesting um, and I really wanted to dig more into because, again, like I said, a lot of my goddesses have been in a place of questioning themselves this week and questioning um, should they make certain decisions on their own. Um, and I work with a lot of women who are trying to find their own identity. And oftentimes when we work together, they're looking to me to tell them what's the right thing to do. Uh, is it wrong for me to believe this or feel this way or think this way? And you know what, ladies, as your therapist, as your coach, I'm not going to tell you that it is wrong or right, but I'm going to look at like, what's your motivation? What are your values? I want you to start to establish who it is that you are and what's important to you, not what's important to me, right? Like don't look for a new leader. You be the leader, right? I want you to really tap into your glow. Um, now, is that difficult for a codependent person to actually come out of that? Absolutely. It's scary. It's mm -hmm. absolutely scary because a codependent person has so been used to taking the energy of somebody else for them to be able to um, move forward with. They don't know what to do because they haven't ever looked at their own energy. Mm -hmm. They haven't looked at their own wants and needs. Like, right. I have no idea who I am. It's almost like being a child mm -hmm. and, you know, pushing somebody to say, like, how do you define yourself? How do you describe yourself? I don't know. How do you describe me? Mm. Right? It's very difficult. It's a scary thing. And they also feel like they might get it wrong. That's why they don't want to do it because they're used to someone telling them that they're wrong and I'll do it for you. Okay. Right. It reminds um, me of the movie Coming to America. Yeah. And he was set up with that one woman uh -huh. and he says, well, what kind of music do you like? What do you like? <laughs> well, where do you like to go? Wherever you would like to go. Mm -hmm. where, what would you like to be? Whatever you would like me to be. Yes. <laughs> and that princess would be totally in a heap of mess if somebody asked her to just be on her own and rule something, right? Because she's like, I need my king to help me rule. I need my king to tell me what to tell you what to do, right? I, right. I don't have these ideas. And I'm sure that these ideas are in her. I'm sure that she can come up with them, but it's terrifying because she hasn't had to. It's almost right. like a place of relief for you to not have to depend on yourself right, right. Um, it seems like it's relaxing it seems like it's um, almost something that, like oh, of course I want to surrender to this right you know we talk about surrendering to things and not, not trying to have control but really what you're doing is you are giving up all parts of yourself where you are really trapped it's not a surrender. It's a trap mm. because when you do decide that you have an idea and you're with someone who thinks that you should only be following their ideas, they're going to smush it down and then you're going to have some resentment. Mm -hmm. Eventually this thing does wear on you. This, uh, this tango of the narcissist and the codependent, they cannot last forever because somebody's going to burn out. Mm. Someone's going to burn out. Now, are there some tools or some practices that a narcissist will use to control someone? Absolutely. 
One of the biggest ones, and I get a lot of examples, I hear people talking about it, and I'm like, I know exactly what this is. One of the biggest things that a, a person who's narcissistic will use is gaslighting, mm. right? So there's, I've heard that term. You have? Mm-hmm. I think there's a movie, it might be called Gaslighting, or... Right. Is it called gaslighting? I think it's called Gaslight or something like that. Yes. And it's a pretty, it's, I don't want to call it old. It's a classic. Mm -hmm. It's a classic movie. It's a classic. (laughs) Classics. That means it was made before 90. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. By the way, I'm a classic. Yes, you are. (laughs) But. And by the way, you're a classic. I I actually am a classic. (laughs) (laughs) But we will get into how classic. I'm a classy classic. There you go. Um, there are several stages to gaslighting. I was excited to actually hear more of the breakdown. Like I know what gaslighting is, but I did a little bit more research so that I could, you know, kind of educate my clients a little bit more about what they're looking at, like these different parts of gaslighting. So I kind of want to talk about some of these examples or these stages of gaslighting so that if this is something that's happening to you in your relationship, you're aware of it. You're not crazy, ladies. You are not crazy. Um, it's basically utilized to make you kind of feel off kilter and make you feel like you don't know what you're talking about, um, that you're imagining things. And this is the thing that puts you in a position of questioning every decision you ever make and feeling not confident. That is the purpose of it to kind of spin you around so much that you feel like I should just rely on this person because I never know what I'm talking about. Right. Okay. So one of the first stages of gaslighting is that a person who's doing this to you is lying and they are exaggerating. Okay. Okay. Um, so basically they will kind of give you, um, a negative like narrative about something. Um, maybe they'll tell you that you're being ridiculous because you thought you saw something, but it's because you're very sensitive or it's because you're triggered from a past situation. Um, And they'll kind of make it like you're being very dramatic, like, oh my God, that did not happen. As a matter of fact, you think that happened, but I was actually across the street with my friend sitting on the couch. You're so crazy. How is it that you think that I was over across town. What do you mean? You can call my friend right now. Da, 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 da. Like they, they kind of make it so big and they make you feel so ridiculous for challenging them. Um, it puts you in a position of being like, did I really see what I thought that I saw? Mm. Um, I had a client, it was the most interesting thing. I mean, she sat there with her husband right in front of me and he didn't deny it. He just sat there. She said she saw on his phone, a text message from a woman and she took the phone out of his hand and she looked right at the text message and she held it up to him and she said who is this why is she texting you and he said who's who and she said right here right here this woman she's just text you she's holding up the phone so he takes the phone on her hand he doesn't snatch it like gingerly like you know as if he's gonna investigate and look a little bit closer mm-hmm. he holds the phone he slides the text to delete deletes the text chain and holds up the phone and says what do you mean There's no text message here. And he was straight face, absolutely serious. Like, you didn't just see a text message. What are you talking about? And she's like, you just deleted the text message in front of me. He's like, what do you mean? There's no text message here. Like, just straight straight up. Yes. And this is the thing that someone will do to, like, make you feel like you're hallucinating. And what they do, it's not like they just say it and they walk away. One, One of the other stages of gaslighting is repetition. They'll keep repeating it to you over and over and over again. Like, 
what do you mean? That never happened. Are you seeing things? Have you seen your doctor lately? Have you been taking your medication? Remember that time that your sister said that you made believe that you saw this thing as well? Or remember that time that you kind of had that mental breakdown? I think that's happening right now. They'll keep repeating it to you. They'll keep bringing it up in different instances to make sure that they know that you know that you are absolutely off your rocker and you don't know when you're seeing what you're seeing. Hmm. Okay. Um, so another thing that, um, a narcissist will do when they're doing gaslighting is that they will actually wear out their victim. Okay. So they'll, I'm exhausted already. You, you're exhausted. I'm exhausted already. Is somebody wearing we're on, you out? We're only on, on number on, two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It, this, this, yeah, this is very detailed. And that's the thing, just wearing you out by even letting you know what the stages are. It, this should let you know how bad it is for a person actually sitting in a relationship with somebody who is a narcissist and who is gaslighting them, right? They're kind of pouncing on them all the time, right? Hmm. So what the, the narcissist will do in gaslighting is by them pretty much being like, you know, on the defensive, like, how could you say something like that about me? How could you call me a liar? Um, pretty much making the person again, doubt what it is that they're thinking hmm. and make them feel bad, make them feel shame. And if you're dealing with somebody who's codependent anyway, they are already dealing with like right. concepts of shame anyway. So you're kind of poking into that. Like, how could you be the kind of person who would say something like that about me? Right. Um, you, you think that about everybody, you know, your friends even say that about you. You're just kind of con confirming what they already feel about themselves. Exactly. You're picking on the fears so, that they have. Right. And so they're like, yep, yeah, it is me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this again. I can't believe I'm doing this again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what this, this is just, it's a mess that they're kind of like tearing you down. They're tearing down your character. And another thing that they will do in gaslighting, which blows my mind, is that they will give you false hope. After doing all this stuff, they'll give you some hope, right? So one of the manipulative tactics that they use is that occasionally they'll be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like, it's okay. Like, I understand how you might think that or how you might see that. I get it. You know, they'll act like they're really empathizing with you. Um, they'll even act remorseful, not like taking accountability, but like, I'm so sorry that you have to feel like that. I know how it is for you. Don't worry about it. I'm so sorry. You know? So it's, it's, it's unfortunate that that's something that someone has to go through with gaslighting because you're like, well, is this person, um, against me? Are they the perpetrator? Because they were just offending me a moment ago, but now they're being really kind to me. They're being compassionate to me. But what they're doing is they're, they're treating me like a patient. They're treating me like I'm sick. And so I believe that I'm sick, right? Mm. Because you keep saying like, it's okay. I know the there's something taker. wrong with you. Exactly. Exactly. Which is kind of a narcissistic tendency. Anyways, let me make your decisions. Let me take care of you. I've got this. You just sit there and, and suffer because I know you're having a mental breakdown. Exactly. And when they but put I got in, this for they, you. Yeah, I got it. Don't worry. I'm the savior. I'm the perpetrator and the savior. How confusing mm. is that? Mm -hmm. Right? Right? So this, this thing, when they're being mild, it's temporary. And it's pretty much to put you in, in a place of like, being complacent, right? So that they have an opportunity to get you back in like a raw, vulnerable space to once again pounce on you. And then they can go back to the place of dominating you and controlling you, controlling mm -hmm. your narrative, controlling your, um, 
your desire to challenge them. What they do with this gaslighting is they do it enough to you where they kind of wear you out, where you will not challenge them in the future, where they don't actually have to use gaslighting for too long. They Mm -hmm. do it so many times that you expect it to happen. You expect to be like barked at whenever you do have a challenge for them. So you kind of stop doing it. So they're conditioning you with this gaslighting. Okay. So you hear people say stuff like walking on eggshells or just, I can't, you know, I can't say anything around him because he'll get upset. Yeah. Whatever you, you feel like whatever I might say could potentially be offensive. So you're constantly calculating what you're going to say. Um, if you're going to ask a question, you have to make sure the question doesn't sound accusatory in some way. If you're going to come up with a bright idea, you have to be ready for the fact that this person is going to tell you your idea is stupid. And then you have to calculate, okay, how do I defend when he calls my idea stupid? Cause I know he's going to call my idea stupid, right? So you find yourself having these long conversations with yourself before you have a conversation with your partner who tends to gaslight and then you just give up. Like you may you know not what, even say anything. Exactly. Like, is it worth it today? Is this idea that I have really worth bringing it up and and them taking it away from me and then potentially stealing my idea later and saying it was their idea and it's the best thing in the world. Is it really worth it? I'm just going to be mute. And Mm -hmm. so you start to lose parts of yourself. You start to lose your spark because you feel like your spark is only something that's going to cost you, you know, your dignity at times. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that in a nutshell is gaslighting. It's basically somebody lying to you, um, or telling you that you're foolish, that you're stupid, that what you have to offer has no value, or that you're horrible, that you're mean, that you're victimizing them in some way. Mm. And by them doing that, they take the power away from you to be yourself, to be strong, to be anything that is close to a goddess. Right. It sounds like you really don't want me to lead. Yes. You know, this is what I do. I'm willing to help you. Mm -hmm. But it really sounds like that's not what you want. No, no, no. That's what I want. That's really what I want. Mm, Very manipulative. Mm -hmm. Very manipulative. Right. So, uh, you know, I often wonder if a person who is gaslighting knows that they're gaslighting and people have asked, like, do they know what they're doing? And I don't know that they are able to identify the word like, oh, right now I'm going to start gaslighting. Mm -hmm. I think it is actually a natural part of their control tendencies. If Mm -hmm. we're talking about, again, somebody who's a narcissist, they're doing everything to manage their own insecurity and to maintain control of you because they actually need you to boost their sense of self. They need you to kind of worship them in order for them to feel this value because they feel so fractured um, because of dysfunctional families and, and spaces in their lives where they felt very unloved, where they felt abandoned. So they need somebody to give it all over to them so that they can have just moments of relief and moments of feeling valued and and lovable because the truth of the matter is someone who really has a narcissistic personality disorder um, has minimum time of actually feeling like they're loved. Politicians. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody give them a hug. Right. So that was pretty much uh, the majority of what I wanted to share about that, the gaslighting, the control, the manipulation um, that you could be going through. And please understand that just because you could be in these situations does not mean you can't get out of them. Like, well, I'm codependent, so I guess I have to be with someone who's a narcissist. No, you don't. Um, What you do want to do is start to find your value outside of somebody else telling you what to do or somebody else telling you who you are. And when you're able to self-identify and self 
soothe both parties, narcissists or codependent, you're better able to walk away from those relationships because when you start to self-validate, you actually can't maintain that relationship anymore. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that is it for now, goddesses. I will leave some resources for you. Um, in the description box of the podcast, as usual, please do not forget to like and share. We are doing wonderfully um, with the podcast kind of growing and getting more followers and getting more downloads. And people are actually leaving comments and DMing me and giving a lot of good feedback uh, about what we're talking about. And you guys are really helping with adding new topics to the podcast. So please continue to give your thoughts about what you would like to hear about in terms of um, things that will make your relationships better better or make you stronger in having relationships that are healthier for you. And we would really appreciate it if you could like go on Apple mm -hmm. and give us a rating, mm -hmm. give us a couple of comments. Mm -hmm. What do you like about it? You know, and uh, that helps boost our visibility, mm -hmm. you know, on the World Wide web, mm -hmm. you know, whether you do it on Apple or Google or Spotify or Podbean mm -hmm. or, you know, wherever where you find us, mm -hmm. you know, just give us a rating, just give us a thumbs up, give us a a plug yeah, because that it really gets us out into the internet. Yes. The more people that see us, the more people who get a couple of these nuggets that could really be lifesavers. Um, a lot of us are stuck in spaces where we feel like we're in a cycle again and again and again. So we just want to be able to shed some light on how you can continue to glow your goddess. Who's sponsoring us today? Oh, our sponsor is actually the Glow Your Goddess membership. Um, please check out the Glow Your Goddess membership at www. Uh, dot glowyourgoddess.com where there are new courses every month um, on you being able to identify different parts of yourself and really dig into your values, dig into your story, dig into your strengths, your gifts, your beauty, and how you can more deeply connect in relationships that you want to connect in. And I'm not a member there because I'm not a goddess. You are not a goddess, no, but you are a you, goddess ladies. supporter. Right. I yes. am. I'm a goddess supporter. But okay. this is for you, ladies. So check her resources out. She's really doing amazing jobs for her clients and her friends and colleagues. And uh, you won't be missing out if you participate. You'll be taking advantage of the good things she's offering. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My favorite goddess supporter. <laughs> so, All right. So I think this is it for tonight. We're going to start fading out and fading in our friend Kiba. Shut it down when you walk into the room. Got the